What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Oh, whoa, Schreffler. Oh, I Schreff is here. Sorry yeah. about that. Jesus Christ. Oh. All right. Um, it's been a little bit. We're good. We're it sure. has been. We, we, we took a, a break last week. Uh, our schedules just didn't really line up, but we're back here today with episode 160 of the podcast. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. We have a slate of three games. I'm glad it's finally fully back. Last year's Thanksgiving game was a little weird. And Jack and I more specifically were disappointed because the Steelers game got uh, rescheduled due to COVID. So it was a little bit weird last Thanksgiving, but right. we're uh, fully back and ready to go with this this uh, this year. So we talking a little bit about, um, you know, week, what is this, 12? There we go, week 12 coming up. Um, we'll be talking about some tight division races and the MVP race later on the show, giving you our lock of the week. And, uh, of course, we're talking about the Eagles at the top of the show. First of all, sorry, though, we have breaking news Dolphins claim Texans running back Philip Lindsay off waivers. I know mm. you all were back to hear that. So Philip Lindsay's a dolphin now. Just so uh, watch out AFC East. He's coming. Yes. All right. Now that we got the breaking news out of the way, we can go right into Eagles rant of the week. Shref, um, curious to hear your thoughts about this game. I was at the game, so I kind of got a different perspective, but what was your uh, thoughts on it, watching it at home? Yeah, uh, you know, every time I swear the Eagles off, they just pull me right back in because now all of a sudden they like there's there's talks of them being like a dark horse playoff team, which is is, is something that I certainly wasn't expecting uh, coming into the season. Um, the game on Sunday was probably the most fun I've had watching an Eagles game this year, I would say um, personally um offensively fantastic Nick, Nick Sirianni is starting to figure out kind of their identity which is obviously running the football which was something that for some reason he just decided just not to do for the first like five or six weeks of the year um Jalen Hurts let Jalen run the ball it was awesome to see uh I'm assuming you guys saw that little ankle breaker he had towards the end of the game there that little like 30 yard rushing touchdown not not too shabby on his part um running backs look great Miles Sanders back looked good um, I'm hoping that they continue to use him as kind of their lead back and then Nixon 
Howard and Scott. Um, well, I, I said this the other week, but Kenneth Gainwell, I guess just doesn't exist anymore, which is something. Um, I don't really know how to feel about that. I don't feel great about it. But The whole backfield is kind of, it seems like Sirianni is taking the Kyle Shanahan approach. He, he seems to, which, which is five, no issue with it. But like at this point, if, if you're, if Jordan Howard's out there and Boston Scott are running, why, why isn't Gainwell out there too? It just doesn't, I don't really understand it, but as long as it's working, I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, the running backs look great. Offensive line has been uh, amazing these last couple of weeks. Um, Jason Kelsey is just an absolute beast. Jordan Mailata is getting into fights. I love it. I'm having a great time with it. Um, first of all, I, I, I can, he seems like the last guy you would want to fight on that team considering he played like rugby his entire life. It doesn't seem like a great idea. Um, but yeah, offensive line. And then defensively, uh, Darius Slay is becoming a, a, a sneaky all-pro candidate this year with his, I think that was his third touchdown on the year on third Sunday. Third past four games. Two, yeah, two pick sixes, one one fumble recovery for six. Um, he's been amazing. Their, their entire secondary has been awesome. Um, Maddox has been good. Uh, uh, Steven Nelson's starting to figure it out a little bit, which is nice to see um overall the whole the whole defense is starting to to click a little bit more um run defense is kind of back to where they used to be these last couple weeks at least um overall like i I was expecting to come in and like tear these guys apart but they uh, there's not much i can say right now about them besides they just they look good and credit to sirianni starting to figure it out a little bit but i think that's all i got what's your adjective of the week for the eagles yeah oh good Good. okay good yeah it's good (laughs) all right good yeah, the Eagles rushed the ball 50 times for mm-hmm. 242 yards and three touchdowns. So Man. they're absolutely running it down people's throats. Um, Jalen Hurts throws the ball 24 times, so they ran a lot of plays, majority of them run plays. The energy at the stadium was was very high. People were really into the game, you know, understandably so. Um, I went yeah, against Jalen I went against Jalen Hurts in Dynasty and mm-hmm. our main redraft league, so that wasn't fun. Tough. Um, that third rushing touchdown, I, like you just mentioned there, great play, but just come on, really? You didn't need to do that. No. Um, you could have just <laughs> run down and then re- need it or something like that. We didn't need nah, to pack on, pack on that extra six. Ultimately, my matchup, it would have made a difference, so I still lost, but regardless, it <laughs> wasn't very nice. Um yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I, the one thing I will mention though, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of Philadelphia sports radio on my way to and from work, and the fans are very excited. This was obviously a big win, and they deserve to be excited just because mm-hmm. you know it, it was it. They're they're having they're establishing their identity. They're getting hot over the past few weeks. One thing I don't like though, um, and. As the listeners know, Jack and I have our fair share of the Eagles fans, fair <laughs> share of criticism for the Eagles fan base. I don't like how they're assuming there seems to be an assumption that the Eagles are going to go either three and one or four and zero oh versus the two matchups versus the football team and the. Uh, you know, I, I'm those those games always have have always given the Eagles trouble. So I, I mean, as happy as like they're they're hitting their stride at the right time here, considering the schedule they have down the stretch. Um, but no, I I I think it's it, it's safe to say that they're they're definitely not going to go four and zero against against those four in those four games. I don't think there's any chance of that. But they they're at a point now where it seems like they are the better team going into pretty much all these games except for their Dallas game. Um, so I'm 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 being cautiously optimistic about it. But 
if there was ever a time to get hot, this was the correct time to do it, considering the teams that they have left to play. You're right. I mean, and their schedule is relatively favorable. They have two matchups versus Washington, two against the Giants, one remaining against the Cowboys, and they get the Jets. So mm-hmm. definitely a schedule that plays to their advantage. But I just I, – I can't tell you how many callers call in and say mm-hmm. – Oh, we got the Giants, we got the football team, and we got the Jets. I mean, yeah. that's five wins right there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, let's back up a little bit. Still I mean, division I, games. Still division games. Exactly. I mean, I know the Giants are pretty weak, but again, like you said, still a divisional matchup. And the football team, I mean, they're four and six. They're only half a game behind you. It's not like they're having a terrible year in their own right. No, you know, they've been solid. Well, not not well, solid. They they're they're a decent team and their their defense is always gonna give them or at least their defensive line is always gonna give them a chance for sure. Right. And like the football team, I'm sure, is going to be looking at the Eagles and, and thinking, OK, that's a winnable game. I mean, the Eagles will most likely be favored, but it's not like these other teams are looking at the Eagles and saying, like, oh, we can't beat them. Like, yeah, they, they don't view the Eagles yet as like a team where like they're just going to, you know what I mean? So I just don't Agreed. like that. No, I agree. Um, well, I mean, that I mean, that, you know, that's Philly fans for you. Like three. If, if you asked these same people three weeks ago, their thoughts on the team, they, they would have given you a, a much different answer than they are right now. It, it, it's how Eagles fans work. We, uh, we prisoners know. of the moment. Oh, very much prisoners of the moment. I mean, right. I mean, two, two, three weeks ago, people were, were saying that, that, that hurts. This was like, this was it with hurts. Like he, like, he's <laughs> like clearly not the answer, clearly not the guy Like we got to move on. And now three weeks later and all of a sudden he, he's our guy. So yeah, it's how it always goes. That is certainly uh, an accurate assessment, in my opinion. All right. That is the Eagles' rant of the week. Shref's adjective of the week was good. Not much of a rant this week. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to retitle the segment if they can it will, like this. Yeah, now, now I'm at a point where I kind of want them to play bad so I can, like, come in with some more juicy things to say. <laughs> it, it was kind of hard to pick anything out. Right. All right, we're going to move on to uh, t- some discussion about some tight division races. There's four divisions right now as, as we stand here today on November 24th that pretty close. I mean, we've got the AFC North where the last place team in the uh, Cleveland Browns are six and five and the Ravens who are leading it are at seven and three. So extremely close. We have the AFC East, which is you know, essentially a two-team race between the Patriots and Bills were separated by half a game. We have the AFC West that's pretty close, but I guess you could say it's pretty much just the Chargers and the Chiefs. Chiefs stand at seven and four with a bye week this week. Chargers are six and four. And the AFC, sorry, the NFC West, which is also essentially a two-team race between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. So we're going to go through these divisions, kind of say who who we think has the best chance of winning it and kind of just discuss it in general. Uh, we can start with the AFC North. Who do you guys think uh, at, when it's all said and done about six weeks from now will be the division champions and why? Oh boy. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I got this. Um, this is probably the hardest one, I think. Out of all of them, like, I mean, you there's a legitimate argument that could be made for every team. Um, I I think I still like Baltimore if I'm gonna take a team. Um, as long as Lamar is staying healthy and is done having these random sicknesses that he 
seems to get sometimes. Um, at least at least he didn't poop himself this time. Hmm. But um, they, I, 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 I think they're the most complete team out, out of all of them um, from top to bottom. Bengals, I think, are gonna start to shy away a little bit. I think we we had our fun with them. I just don't. I don't think their roster as a whole is 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 quite good enough to stay up there with the rest of these teams in this in this division. Um, Browns just got Kareem Hunt back, if I'm not mistaken. And Conklin. And Conklin. So that, that's going to help them a lot. I, I think we're going to see them come back up. But um, all the all these teams are kind of like, I don't know, they're all hitting their stride at a good time. I, 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 liked, I like Baltimore, and it's really just – it's mainly because of Lamar. Um, I just think any anytime you're going up against the Ravens, it's going to be a tough game either way. Um, Steelers play a very similar style of football where they kind of bring you down to their game a little bit, which is always a good thing to have. Um, but if I was a betting man, which I guess I am a betting man, um, I would probably be taking the Ravens at the moment. Um, Shreff said in the beginning that uh, you can make an argument for every team. If you can, then <clears throat> I think the team to bet on is the Steelers. Now, I don't think the Steelers will win the division. Um, however, Mitchell said it is very tight. Uh, and on FanDuel, Odds are Ravens minus 155, Bengals plus 400, Browns plus 400, and the Steelers plus 1,000. Really? So I, I think that's um, subject. That's because of the uh, Steelers' schedule, I assume. We have a tough schedule yeah. going forward. However, we have a lot of divisional games. I mean, we still have to face the Ravens twice. Like, Steelers could beat the Ravens twice. It's not out of the question. Um, I mean, I would predict us to split with them, but. If the Steelers take two against the Ravens, then um, we also got the Bengals next week and Browns one more time at home. Yeah, it's four divisional games left. So, I mean, they got they can make up some ground, and it is tight as it is. So, I, I don't know. I do think the Ravens will win it. They're the best team, in my opinion. But at plus 1,000, those odds are pretty drastic from the pack. Yeah, I didn't know it was that high. That's high. That seems to be a mistake, in my opinion. I, I just don't I don't I don't understand that. That I mean when the last place team in the division has six wins, I know the Steelers technically have five, but there's the tie in there. And the Ravens have seven who are in first. I don't understand why one team can be minus one fifty-five and others ten to one. That it's not me. even like the Ravens had two like wins over us already. Exactly. So that, that is that is certainly interesting. I mean, I'm I'm going three for three. I think the Ravens are gonna are going to win the division ultimately. I think they have the best roster. Um, and who knows? I mean, this is a very vulnerable year for the AFC and pretty wide open for the whole entire league in general. So maybe the Ravens could find themselves, it could be their year. I, you never know. It's not like a team like the Chiefs two years ago where they're absolutely running through everyone or the Bucks, you know, they, they've shown a little bit of signs of weaknesses here and there. So and the Bills Bills are having a down year by their standards uh, over the past couple of years. So maybe the Ravens kind of see themselves making a, a further push in the playoffs. Who knows? Um, Jack did mention the Steelers' tough schedule in terms of, uh, you know, finishing out the year and winning the division, which I do agree. And I, I thought that all along that we're going to have a tough time down the stretch here. All, all of these teams kind of have a tough schedule. I was looking at it earlier and I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but. I don't remember any of them being particularly easy. I know there's a lot of divisional games, so someone's going to have to come out on top. But I know the Ravens have to play the Rams. I know that. Um, 
I think the Bengals have to play the Chiefs in there. So there's definitely some tough games that aren't even in the division for these teams. I know the Steelers play the Titans as well. So a lot of these, all four of these teams kind of have a tough schedule coming down, down yeah. the stretch. So. Ravens got to face Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. And the Steelers, we have to play, you mentioned the four divisional games we have left, but we also have the Vikings, Chiefs, and Titans. Correct. So that, that's tough as well. And I don't, again, I don't remember the Bengals and the Browns particularly, but I know they have tough schedules as well. So definitely something to monitor as we um, go along here. AFC East, pretty much a two-team race, as I said a couple of minutes ago. Who do you guys have winning? I know these teams, the Bills and the Patriots, have to play each other twice, and they do that, I think, twice within the next three or four weeks. But who's going to uh, be the AFC East champs? This one, uh, you know, I'm 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 going to follow my heart on this one. They've they uh, they've kind of become my my team this year. I I love Mac Jones. I don't know if you guys love Mac Jones. I love Mac Jones. He's just cool. He's real cool. Um, I think I could see the Patriots pulling this division out. I really could. Um, Bills have been a weird team this year. And I remember, I remember in week one, when we made those overreactions, I talked about how I thought the Bills would be the most disappointing team in the league this year. And their record obviously is fine. They're, they're six and four. They're by no means a bad team, but they've, they've played some games this year where like, they just look like they like forget how to play football. Um, and we saw that on Sunday against the Colts. I, I mean, Josh Allen looked like a shell of himself. He, he like forgot, he forgot how to play quarterback. Um, but the Patriots are hitting their stride at the, at a perfect time right now. Um, that defense just always like year in and year out is just good. It, it doesn't matter how many guys they lose, how many new guys they bring in when Belichick's the coach there, that defense just figures it out every, every single year. And they're starting to now. Um, as long as Mac Jones can stay healthy. And I, I think they, they got to keep leaning on that running game. Uh, Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are a, a nice little duo that I don't think many people saw coming, but I, it's at a point like it from a fantasy perspective, there's a league where I have both of them on my roster and I'm very happy having them both on my roster. Cause they, they share a pretty equal workload at this point, it seems like at least. Um, but with, with those two guys running the ball, as long as Mac keeps just, he pretty much just can't make mistakes. As long as he, he's never going to have like those like flashy plays, like, like those deep throws down the field. But as long as he just keeps doing his thing and kind of, I don't want to say system QB because he's a good quarterback, but he, he, he's been playing that system perfectly. I, I could see them pulling this out. I, I, I think they're going to keep winning games. All right. Yeah. I mean, Jack, you can go next year, but, uh, I'll spoil a little bit. I am in agreement with you, but I'll expand on why. But Jack, go ahead. Do you have the yeah. Patriots or Bills? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Bills. I think the Bills are too uh, are just too good as a team uh, to um, just not win the division. I think uh, the odds are this way. The odds are Bills are minus 165 and Patriots plus 120. Um, I think a lot of people are just recency bias of last game i think the bills will pick it up um however i remember preseason we talked about um did we do who's to blame this year or we i I think i don't think we did but when we 
mention reasons to be temporary expectations about the Bills. I brought up their run game. They don't really have that great of running backs. They don't run the ball a lot. That was a Steelers' weakness last year. That like you need a more balanced attack of your passing and rushing game, and I think that's starting to hurt them more. I think I can only imagine they're starting to realize it, um, and fix that. But I do think they'll bounce back and um, come out on top in the East. Yeah, I as I just said, I, I'm going with the Patriots. Um, I had them winning the division at the beginning of the year. I think a lot of people, probably 80% of people, I'd say, had the Bills winning the division. But I really thought they could do it, and the Patriots are playing exactly how I thought they would, to be honest. The defense is playing really, really well. They have guys in there that know the system. I know that they brought back Kyle Van Noy in the beginning of this season. Um, Hightower came back from his opt-out in 2020. And, you know, the both Matt Judon, Matt, Matt Judon is an incredible awesome signing by them. JC Jackson's been awesome this year. The defense is playing really well. They're getting really good line play from the offensive side and the defensive side. Josh McDaniels is really putting together a system where Mac Jones can learn, develop and thrive in. I said this a couple weeks ago, uh, but Mac Jones is progressing every week and he's on pace for. 3,925 yards, which would be fifth most all-time by a rookie. I know we have the extra game in there, and he started every single game, but nonetheless, it's still impressive. And, I mean, ultimately, though, this is going to be determined by the two games. I think if they split, I think the Patriots right. will have the advantage, so the Bills will most likely have to beat them twice. Um, and I don't think they're going to do that by any means. I think the Patriots either take both or split them. Then. Well, I think looking at their schedules – so how many games are left? There's five. Well, no, one of them has. Patriots have six, and the yeah, I have the, will have seven. I have the Pats schedule, but I mean they, they get Tennessee. I mean they they got a tough little four week stretch here, but then they do finish the year with Jags, Dolphins. Yeah, and it's but it's similar for the Bills too. So yeah, they finish the Bills finish the year with, um, I believe it's the Jets and the Falcons. Okay. Yes, the Jets and the Falcons, but their four week stretch, uh. They have the Saints five week stretch. They have the Saints, Saints, Bucks, Panthers, and Patriots twice. Okay. As opposed to the Patriots have the Bills twice and Titans, Colts. Bills twice, Titans, Colts. Yeah. So, um, do you want to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess comparable strength of schedule. I'd say the Bills have some easier opponents with the Saints and the Panthers. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, they are on a short week and they're going on the road um, tomorrow in New Orleans. So that's something to consider, although they're going against Trevor Simeon, who's terrible, but <laughs> he's very um, bad. <laughs> I forgot to mention this. When we were talking about the Eagles because um, obviously we played the Saints last week. So I wanted to mention this, but and it's a little bit of a tangent. But why is Tr- Trevor Simeon still playing? <laughs> like, why? Why? Why don't you play Taysom Hill? It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. They, they, the definition of insanity, the Saints, just doing the, the same thing love, over and over again. And the Saints love not results. playing Taysom Hill, but just continuing to pay him money. And yeah, I, they're paying <laughs> so they much just, money. They just love giving Taysom Hill money. Uh, yeah. And it's not even like we talked about in our group chat. Like he's not even being utilized elsewhere. No. Like he's not, I don't know how I, I've been watching Saints games every snap, but I don't believe his, he's getting like 
No, he's snaps he's, and targets. He's just standing on the sideline. It's not like that situation last year where he had that little stretch where he was like playing tight end. Like he, they, they, they just aren't using him, but they just keep giving him money. Yeah, they make money. I just don't get any it. sense. Yeah, I don't know if he was inactive for some reason last week, but he didn't have any touches. I'm not sure. So I, it, it just doesn't make any sense, and it's just literally, it, it can't get really much worse. Like. I know Trevor Simeon's had a couple touchdowns last last week, but it was really in garbage time. The Eagles were in control of that game the whole entire way. Put Taysom Hill in there. It doesn't make any sense. Whatever. I also put a bet on uh, that he scores two touchdowns tomorrow. So nice. that does happen. Um, like passing touchdowns? Any touchdowns. So like a com- could be a combination? Okay. Yeah. What's, what are the, let me guess the odds. Um I don't even know. Plus 150. Plus 150? Is that is that wildly incorrect? Yeah. It's not even close. For him to score two touchdowns? Like I that could happen, right? Yeah, but like it's not very likely. Not that like did you mean 150 to one or do you mean plus 150? I mean, plus 150. I don't know. It's just two touchdowns. He's the quarterback. All right. Well, I'll tell you. to Kamara, and I mean, Kamara might not play, but it'll take it to the house. Like, it's not like what? I'll tell you you what I did. So I parlayed Taysom Hill to score two touchdowns and the Saints to score over 19 and a half points. And that's 55 to one. Taysom Hill? For him to score two touchdowns, I think it's 40 to one. Oh, oh, wait. You said Taysom Hill. Yes. I thought you meant Trevor Simeon. No. <laughs> okay. I thought. I if thought Mitchell you. I thought, on, if Mitchell was betting on Trevor Simeon, we would, we we would have I, had some issues here. I thought you placed a bet on Trevor Simeon, the starting quarterback, to have two touchdowns. No. This Which is a, would this make, is plus one fifty is reasonable. Okay. <laughs> Taysom Hill. Would you right. guess around forty to one if it was Tate? If you knew we were. Yeah, like way up there. What? Is, okay. Okay. <laughs> How much you put on this? Seventy-five cents to uh, win forty-two dollars. Nice. All right. <laughs> so just a little something out there. Anyway, uh back to the AFC East. I think we're pretty much done. Um Jeff and I think the Patriots will pull it out, and Jack has the sticking with the Bills. So we'll see what happens down the last six or seven weeks here. Moving on to the AFC West. Um slightly closer than the AFC East, but I in my opinion, I still think it's between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um Sure, if we'll keep going in the same order. Do you ha- who do you have winning the AFC West? Yeah, to start, I, I don't think the Raiders or Broncos are, are, are serious in that division. It, it's down to two. The Chargers were scaring me the last couple of weeks, but they um their offense kind of came back alive a little bit against uh, Pittsburgh, which is which is good to see. Um, I still think the Chiefs pull it out. I, I I've I've been watching them long enough to know that like they, you have to imagine like that they're gonna hit their their stride here. Um, within the next couple weeks um, offense has just been weird this year with them uh, teams are I don't know if they're starting to figure it out what it is but just when you if you have Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey Tyree Kill on your offense I don't I don't see a logical way that they don't win this division um, I, I the Chargers are obviously I, I think still a playoff team for sure I don't, I don't have any uh, worries about that I if, but if I'm a betting man and I'm looking at Chiefs offense Chargers offense I know the Chiefs' defense is is not good, but you have to imagine that they're going to hit a point here where they're going to go back to their regular scheduled program of just 
outscoring teams. Um, so I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to I'm going to keep it simple. Give me the Chiefs. I honestly don't really have anything else to add. Like that's exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking with the Chiefs. Yeah. I agree. I, I have the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going three for three. I think the Chiefs. Um, contrary to what Shreff said, and it, it's uh, I mean you said the defense is bad and it really was playing terrible in the first, you know, five, six games of the season. Picking it up a little bit. Over the past six games, they only average letting up 14 and a half points per game. That's pretty good. Granted, they, they have played off the top of my head, Daniel Jones, uh, Packers without Aaron Rodgers. So Jordan Love and some other teams with kind of weak quarterbacks. So it hasn't been against the cream of the crop at the quarterback position, but nonetheless, if they can only let up 14 and a half points per game or, you know, something similar to that, the chiefs are going to score more than 20 points a game. So if the defense can just hold them to that, which they have over the past six games on average, then I think they'll be fine. And to your point about the offense kind of stalling, I think getting Clyde back is really helping them out he had a pretty solid game last week against the Cowboys he had a touchdown he had to think 65 rushing yards um and a couple catches as well so if they can effectively run the ball with Clyde and sprinkle in a little Darrell Williams in there I think teams will have to give a little bit more attention to the run opening up more lanes for uh Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey so I'm really liking the Chiefs as well I think they're gonna you know they do have one more game against the Chargers yeah, uh, but I think they'll pretty comfortably maybe win it by a game or two. Yeah, they um, still get the they still get the Broncos twice too, and I I don't think the Broncos are very good. Um, the Chiefs always play the Broncos really well since Mahomes got yeah. there. So yeah, they get them they get them this this coming week, and then oh no, sorry that they're on bye this week, so they they get them uh, next week, and then they get them last week of the season. So I I, I mean. Based on schedule alone, that that Chargers game is going to be big, obviously. But if they win that game, I don't see any reason why they don't win the division. Exactly. Uh, another form of breaking news. I know you were all really intrigued about the Phil Lindsay signing by the Dolphins. I was. Um, but this Don't one's know. a little bit more important, I guess you could say. Sorry, Mr. Lindsay. Uh, but Alvin Kamara is officially ruled out for tomorrow's game, um, which is, I mean, I expected that. And I think if you were monitoring his practice uh, participation level, it wouldn't really come as a surprise to you. But he is officially ruled out for uh, tomorrow night. And Mark Ingram is questionable. So the Saints could potentially be down to Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington, I think, is their next running back. And, yeah, <laughs> and hometown hero is on their practice squad, so maybe they'll elevate him, Josh Adams. Oh, I didn't even know I, that. I didn't know that. So okay. potentially, maybe Josh Adams will get elevated off the practice squad, and he'll get a carrier too. Who knows? We'll see. He's another great example of um of of Eagles fans, Mitchell. When when he was good for like three games, and everyone thought he was like our next like number one running back. That was fun. Yeah, just a little local bias as well. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was sprinkled in there. Yeah. Our final division that's pretty close is the NFC West. Um, in my opinion, I think this is the most clear cut. Uh, but Shreff, you can go ahead. Is it going to be the Cardinals or is it going to be the Rams? Or is it going to be the Seahawks coming back from the from the dust? Yeah, the, the, the Seahawks are still have a great chance here with their with their three and seven record. Um, this one, these are two teams that have kind of fallen off the wagon a little, both for different reasons. The Rams um, have 
just been outplayed. The Cardinals have been hit by the injury bug these last few weeks. Um, if we're looking at just straight up, like everyone healthy roster to roster, I think it's a no brainer. I think the Rams win this division. Um, I, I've, I've been on here a million times saying I love Kyler and I do love Kyler, but that the Rams as a whole, with all the playmakers they have, they're going to have uh, Von Miller's going to be, you know, he's still getting acclimated, but like you have a defense that has Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and you have an offense that has Stafford, Cooper Cup, um, Darrell Henderson, Odell, if he decides to like show up and play football and his dad stops posting uh, tweets about his uh, about his quarterbacks. But that's, you know, that, that's a whole other thing. But if we're just looking at straight up talent on rosters, it, it, it seems like the Rams should pull this division out. They're only one game behind right now. Um, actually, I guess technically, because what Cardinals are nine and two, Rams are seven and three, but um, it's got to be the Rams, I think. All right, Jack, who are you thinking? Uh, I agree. I, I'm going to take the Rams. Um, Rams had a bye this week. I think they're going to – I mean, they had that, like, brutal loss of Monday football against the 49ers. had the bye. I think they're going to regroup after that and finish up the season strong. Like, they're just too good. Um, they have the Cardinals one more time. If they beat the Cardinals, yeah, that's this December 13th uh, primetime game. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if they beat the Cardinals there, then they split head-to-head. I don't know what the next tiebreaker would be, but then they presumably have the same record as well. Um, excluding the Cardinals game, their schedule is kind of tough, though. They got the Packers oh. this week. Is that going to be an Aaron Rodgers-less Packers, though, or is he playing? He's playing, I think. He's, he's, he's got that toe thing going on. Right. Um, Packers this week, they got the Jags. And the Seahawks. Then they got the Vikings, Ravens, Niners end the season. Um, I don't know, kind of mix in there. I don't even know the Cardinals schedule. Let me just pull it up real quick. Cardinals uh, have the bye this week. And then I know they then they got the Bears and the Lions and Seahawks, Rams, Colts. Okay. So I'm going with the Cardinals. All off season and throughout the most of the season I was going with the Rams but based off of what Jack just said I just looked at the numbers and I'm really it's hard for me to at this point pick the Rams based on that fact the Cardinals still like you said have to play the Bears and the Lions I think they very easily win those games Mm -hmm. the Rams with that case would have to pretty much go five and two at a minimum in their last seven games to have a chance uh and as jack mentioned they go on the road they play the packers ravens and vikings all on the road the rams already have two divisional losses to the cardinals and the 49ers and the cardinals don't have any divisional losses so that would be that would be the next tiebreaker after the head-to-head assuming you know the rams still have to beat the cardinals um so if they were tied and they split, that would be the next tiebreaker. They already have two divisional losses. And that means the Cardinals would then have to lose to – they already played the Seahawks twice, I think. So they got to lose the Niners. Okay, yeah. Exactly. So it's going to be tough. Cardinals were rolling even without Kyler Murray for the past three games and DeAndre Hopkins for the past few games as well. They're going to get both of them back after the bye week. So I don't know. I think even if – which I do agree with Shreff. 
the points that he made. I think the Rams are a better team, more talented, but based on what's already transpired in the season and the remaining games ahead, I think the Cardinals, even if they do fade a little bit, they're gonna still they're still gonna have it because just I I think it plays out that way. So there you have it. Um, that's that's fair, and the odds kind of reflect that. Uh, Cardinals are minus four fifty. Rams are plus three forty. Oh wow! Exactly. So it'd be it, it'd just be tough. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible because um, I do really like the Rams still, as we all have really the whole season pretty much. But it it'd be uh, a little unlikely at this point. If I if you this will be the last thing we say with the divisions here. But I I did the. I don't think DraftKings allows you to parlay division winners for some reason. I don't. Yeah, I do it on FanDuel. I did. I did it on Barstool this time. Okay. But if you parlay the Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs, and Cardinals to win the divisions, it's plus six uh, fourteen. So if you put um, ten dollars on that, you would win sixty-one dollars, roughly. So. Okay, but hold on. I mean, you might as well just add the other divisions like the ones that are i mean i shouldn't say decided but like the clear runaway favorites you said ravens and then what'd you say patriots ravens patriots chiefs and cardinals that's what i went with with these four okay so if you like that then just add the other four too what if i don't want to do that what if i'm not confident in the titans closing it out the deal that was that that was the one i was gonna i was i was gonna bring that up the titans i mean the titans the odds on Fanduel. <laughs> titans had they have the titans at minus 1900 and the colts at plus 800 i don't know i'd be a little I would, worried I, I would maybe throw a quick little bet on, on colts one in that division low key is that the only division you'd be most worried about you think I'd be worried about the Vikings and the Packers. Yeah, that's another one. Packers minus 800 to the Vikings plus 550. But anyway, if you just – if you place what Mitchell had and then add in the other legs of the overwhelming favorites, $10 for – to win – it's plus 938, so 10 to win 93. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. We're going to talk a little about the MVP race before we move on to conclude the show with lock of the week. The MVP race, in my opinion, and I guess the odds kind of reflect it. There's no one that's really running away with it right now. No Mm -hmm. one's uh, either like a minus favorite. The the favorite right now is Tom Brady at plus 300 with Josh Allen behind him at 600. Um, So, it's kind of up in the air and I'm curious to hear what you guys think is kind of how it's going to go throughout the rest of the season. Um, but I guess I can just rattle off the rest of the odds um, as it stands right now. As I said, Brady is the favorite at plus 300 Allen plus 600 Stafford plus a uh, thousand Dak also 10 to one Rogers also <coughs> 10 to one bless you. Thank you. Kyler 12 to one. Herbert 12 to 1, Mahomes 12 to 1, and Lamar 14 to 1. So kind of a cluster of quarterbacks here. Uh who do you guys think should be the favorite if it's not Brady? Who do you think is gonna rise in these odds and fall in these odds? Uh what, what do you what do you think? Um 
I think it makes sense that Brady is the favorite. I believe he leads in yards and touchdowns, or at least he did going into last week. Um, but I wouldn't place anything on him at only a plus 300 value. I just think that's too low uh, when in a race that's pretty wide open uh, to echo Mitchell. And I, I honestly think now is the time to place your futures bets because it still feels like kind of the start of the season where no one really knows. It's a lot of speculation. Um, so just kind of whoever you think is going to turn it on the end of the season. Um, I, who I like the most, I think I like Mahomes at plus 1200, uh, which as Mitchell said, he's the eighth favorite. Um, I think chiefs are, we talked about the chiefs, but they're back to, they're back to first place in the West. Um, their offense is clicking again. Mahomes is, I still, he's still the most talented quarterback in the league. I think he's going to uh, emerge as the leader in a lot of stat categories as Kansas City could be in some shootouts down the stretch of the season. Um, I just like that value at plus 200 or plus 1200. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. Uh, it's whenever says someone whenever someone says they like Mahomes, you can't say, oh, no, I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to do it. It's, it's Actually, tough. I disagree. Kind of a hard point to refute, but um, but yeah. So at twelve to one, could be the you know if he rises, it might be the lowest point he is right now. It currently stands. So, Shreff, who do you who do you think's gonna fall? Who do you think's gonna rise? Um, yeah, in these odds here. It is tough. I I do want to give a shout out to Derrick Henry because if if there was ever gonna be a year for a running back to win it, this actually might have been the one. So it was very unfortunate that he got hurt because I think at this point, you could there's a decent chance he might have been the favorite at this point. If he if he didn't get hurt and assuming that he continued what what he was doing um, in terms of stats, um, biggest riser out of this, um, I definitely agree with Jack on the homes, um, especially if the Chiefs continue to kind of turn it up a little bit here with the offense. Um, besides him, it, it's tough. I, I I think I think if the Rams turn it around, Stafford could work his way back into that conversation because um, I mean. Really, that outside of those last two games against Titans and Niners, he, he was having a really good year. Still is having a really good year. I, I think his numbers can shoot him back up there. In terms of biggest faller, I'm going to be intrigued to see what Josh Allen does these next couple of weeks because he um, his his MVP campaign definitely took an enormous hit this past Sunday. Um, and it, it, I think at, at this point, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think at this point, it, this is going to come down to being more of a team award as well. I think, I think whatever team can kind of like, maybe not win out down the stretch here, but like kind of assert themselves as one of these top teams. I think you like that, that's where a guy like Dak maybe comes into play as a sneaky winner. If the Cowboys continue to play the football that they've been playing outside of this chiefs game last week, but like a guy like that, and that that's also why I brought up Stafford. If the Rams can turn it back up and get back to where they were, I, I think you're going to be looking at, the winner coming from a, a team that has a very good record at the end of the year. But I would, I, I don't think I'd be putting money on Brady right now though. That's a good point. Uh, whoever has an overall team success could be another notch on, uh, on the resume for their MVP award. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting money on any of these people. No, I yeah, didn't stay tough. away from this. Um, I think Stafford and I also like Herbert to kind of rise in this a little what bit. About Herbert too, yeah. I think he could definitely, you know, emerge here. I, one person out of the people that I mentioned that I don't think 
really has a chance to win it. And I mean, I, it pains me to say, but I don't think Kyler can win this award. No. Just because he's been out for three weeks, I think that's too much time to miss. Um, it is. When yeah. someone here is going to play the full season and have the stats to back that up. So I just don't think Kyler makes makes much sense to kind of to bet on at this point, just because and he did have a really bad game against the Packers. Uh, I think that might have been the last game he played. I'm not I don't really remember, but with missing three games and then one or two not so great games from him, I don't I just don't think it'd be enough for him to win the award. So I, I think Kyler would actually be my least favorite yeah. um, in terms of the odds here. One thing I did want to mention here before we move on to lock of the week, but what about Jonathan Taylor at 20 to one? I was, I was looking at him down there and it, it's tempting. I, I he, he's going to have to like, like go ballistic though. Like if he, he already is going ballistic. He is, but I'm saying he's got to continue. Like, like if he, it, if he puts in a couple weeks where he even goes for like, whatever, like 80, 90 yards and a touchdown, like he, he he's going to have to be going like over a hundred and at least one touchdown, maybe more like, cause Henry was in my opinion, the only running back that was, that was ever going to win this award. And considering how like he Taylor's been really good this entire year, but especially these last couple of weeks, it's become apparent that he is like a legit number one running back. Um, I, it, it could be a case of too little too late. I, I would love to see him like go nuts and have an actual chance at winning it. Cause I think he deserves, if we're talking most valuable, like the legit name of the award, most valuable player, like he, he has been the heartbeat of that offense this season. So that he definitely deserves to be in the conversation without a doubt. 16 touchdowns in the last eight games. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's uh, it's almost like how much like Todd Gurley had in his really spectacular season and the whole season alone. He did that in mm-hmm. eight games. So yeah, wow. It's going to be really interesting to see. And and uh, like we said at the beginning of this segment, it's just it's not like Mahomes or Lamar Jackson where it's pretty much a, a quarterback that's really putting together the clear best season. Yeah. It's just a bunch of guys that are just having good seasons, but not like extraordinary seasons. So if Jonathan Taylor, you know, I mean, he's going to have to average probably like 130 yards at the minimum per game. And he's probably going to have to score a touchdown in every single game the rest of the year or pretty much close to it. But if he does that and no one runs away, I think there's, there, there's a chance. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Are we ready to go to lock of the week? It is time. Shref and I did say before we started recording that we had some difficulty deciding on what we were going to do. Um, none, none of the games really stood out to me. So had a little bit of a tough time doing so and selecting what I was going to lock in. but. Nonetheless, here we are. I'll do a little recap of how we did last week. I went with the Colts plus seven, and they won outright by a ton. Thanks, Jonathan Taylor. And I also went with the Browns minus 11, which I'm shocked that did, that did not hit. I was really confident in that. Um, but unfortunately, they did not cover the 11 points. They did win, though. So I went 1-1. One Jack went 0 for 2. He he countered wow. me with the Bills minus 7 that really blew up in his face. <laughs> and he also went Packers minus 1, and they lost a, a very close battle with the Minnesota Vikings. So Jack dropped to 0 and 2 on the week. Um, and Shreff went 1 and 1, picked the Thursday night game with the Patriots minus 6.5, and, and they 
absolutely blanketed the Atlanta Falcons. However, he went with the Cowboys plus the two and a half, and they lost by 10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, mean, I don't know what happened to them. I wasn't happy with that. Yeah, that, that was a wacky game. The standings. I am now in first place at nine and nine. So oh 500. However, Jack and Shreff are tied for second at eight, nine, and one. Right there. We were separated by a half a game between all three of us. So it got somehow this race got even tighter. <laughs> um, and we have, what is it now? Seven weeks to go. Uh, and, and yeah, so it should be very exciting. I think we can maybe decide this on the air here, um, but we got a few suggestions this week for our punishment for the loser of lock of the week. Right. Um, got a couple good ones. However, I think, I don't know, you guys can, you know, agree or disagree with me here. And if we all agree, I guess we can just officially make that the punishment. But uh, just, Justin Schwartz, shout out to Justin's, uh, suggested oh, that we eat. What what is it that it's like the world's hottest? It's like the world. It, I, I I've watched a bunch of videos on it. it's the world's hottest chip, and I was even going to take it one step further. I I think whoever does it should have to do it during during a podcast. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, are are we all in agreement? I I think that's a good one. I yeah, think that's, that's a good one. I, and I, I think like whoever that. has to do it should do it like during like a segment during during a podcast. I like that too, Shreff. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. It's official. We're locking in the the person with the worst record for lock of the week has to eat that chip. Uh, he sent us the exact one, so yeah. we can we can order that, and then we'll talk. We'll we'll do it during a segment, and there will be some video uh, video of it going down. So yeah. there we go. Thank you, Justin, for the suggestion, and um, we're looking forward to it. In 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 seven weeks' time, we'll know who is eating the chip. So all right. Who is going first? I don't remember who went first last time. I, I believe I went ago. first last. Well, I, I guess the, the last time we did this on the podcast, I believe I went first. Okay. I'll go first. Like I said, had a tough time. So, but I'll be going with uh, my first one, the Bucks minus three and a half. They take on the Colts in Indianapolis. Um, and it's three. It's three? Yeah. I have it at three as well. Okay, it was three when I three and a half when I looked earlier, but I guess it moved. I'll take the three. That points. helps you. It does help. Uh, I only have one stat to back up my claim for this one, but since 2020, in the time in the time that Tom Brady has been the quarterback of the Buccaneers, the Bucks are five and two against the spread with arrest disadvantage. That's my only stat to back that one up. Uh, but the Bucks played on Monday night, so they do have a rest disadvantage against the Colts. However, in the past year and a half, the Bucks are five and two against the spread, so it didn't seem to matter very much for them. Um, overall, though, this is more of a gut feeling. Um, I did kind of come up with a new process uh, for kind of picking my lock of the week. What I do is I don't look at any of the lines on you know, Monday when they open up or Tuesday, and I kind of go through and, and write down what I think the line should be and I compare it to what the line is. And if it's any of them that are a big gap, I kind of look more into that game. So that's kind of the process I kind of went with this week. And I think I might do it going forward based off of how much success I have with it. But I thought it was fun to do kind of guess the line before I, you know, I, I saw what it was. And if it was a big disparity, kind of uh, look further into it. So my first one is bucks minus three. 
Okay. Jack, Jack go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I'm going with Steelers. I'm very confident in Steelers this week. I have I placed a wager on the money line. Um, Steelers plus four and a half against the Bengals. Um, I think Tomlin even said it before he said this quote. I was feel, had the same sentiment that Steelers are going to this week. How they kind of went to that Cleveland game. Um, this is a huge game for the Steelers. Um, and is immediately after the Chargers game. I wanted to bet the Steelers and. Reasons being, our offense has woken up and at least shown they can put up points. Um, I think that's huge for our confidence, confidence as a team as a whole. Um, also, TJ, Minka, and Hayden all uh, are expected to be back. I mean, if honestly just one of them plays, I think the Steelers win that game against the Chargers. You can make a case for all of them. I mean, obviously, TJ would have had probably two sacks. You can count him for getting that. Minka would have stopped that last touchdown play. Hayden would have covered someone, our best cornerback. Like, they were scoring. The wide receivers were just open all night long. Um, but anyway, uh, this isn't Steelers' round of the week. Uh, also, all-time against the Bengals, Ben is 24-9. and nine. Tomlin is 23-9 and nine if, you, if you're into historical records. Um, I just really like the Steelers this week, and I'll definitely take four and a half points. Money line right now is plus 175. There you have it. Shref, who was your first lock of the week? Well, uh, Jack stole my thunder on this one, but I, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I, I considered switching it, but I'm very confident in the Steelers this week as well. So I'm just going to, I'm going to double down with Jack on this one. I, he pretty much said everything that I would have said in the first place. I was very impressed with their offense this past week. Um, and that was kind of the thing that I was worried about. And the other issue was the injuries. Everyone's back. Um, Joe Burrow is going to be running for his life. I like it. Uh, give me Steelers four and a half seems low for that game. I understand because of the Bengals record, it's tough to um, make the Steelers that much of a favorite in that game. Um but yeah, Steelers, easy. Guess what, guys? You got it too. Three for three. Oh no! <laughs> we All right, pull, we pull. We're, we, it's still gonna be a tight race after this week. <laughs> well, do we do that? Don't we have a rule where we pick another one now since we all have it? Oh yeah, we did. Oh. We did do that. We're going three this week. Oh boy! Well now, oh crap! Oh, we gotta do a little improv here. But well, I'm know. fine with three. I'm okay with three. I can make it work. All right. We're going to do uh, in a uh, spontaneous lock of the week after our bonus, after uh, we go through our second one. But let me, um, I'll give you guys a little bit of time. I'll kind of explain why, why in further detail, why I went with the Steelers plus four and a half. Since 2004, which is the time that Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are 59, 46, and 5 against the spread against divisional opponents. That's third best in the entire league in that span. Okay. Also, since 2007, which is the time uh, that Mike Tomlin took over as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers are 44, 22, and 3 against the spread as underdogs, which is the best in the league by a little bit, by a significant margin, if I'm not mistaken. So, in the Tomlin era, very, very good against, uh, you know, against the spread as underdogs. A little bit more of a recent trend. 
since 2020, so the past year and a half, we are six and two as away underdogs against the spread, which is sixth best in the league. So a lot of data points to back this up. The Bengals already beat us this year. It's a little bit hard to imagine them beating us twice in a year. I believe that's never happened under Ben. It may have not. So I'm going with the Steelers plus four and a half. And we're 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 making history here with our with three lock of the weeks as we all pick that. So I guess if if crazy. If we, if you guys for some reason went Bucks minus three each, I guess we would have to just throw out these two completely and start over. But I, I did not. We're we're good. So Jack, uh, who's your second game? Uh, my second, I'm gonna go with Chargers. Chargers minus two and a half against the Broncos. I just think they're a much better team than that. Um, than the Broncos. I think it should be more. I think that's oh, it, it is largely because the Broncos are at home, so that gives them some points, but. Chargers just, I think, are we, I think Shref talked about them. We talked about them previously in the episode that they're hitting their stride, and I think uh, they're going to take care of business handily. I hope I stole your Shref. That, that was going to be my third one. I have my second okay. one. Um, I I came into this. This will be the first time that I've done this. I think the first time that any of us have done this. I'm I'm sticking all PA teams in terms of my, in terms of my two locks. I'm going to – I'm going to ride with my team. I'm going to take the Eagles minus three and a half against the Giants. Um, okay. I Their defense is starting to come around at the right time. I'm not worried about Daniel Jones. I think they're going to be able to run the rock all over him. Um, it's an away game, which makes it a little tough, but also I, I, I've seen Giants games enough to know that to know that, that stadium is going to be 70% Eagles fans. So I'm not worried about that. Um, yeah, Eagles minus three and a half. They've been scoring the ball a lot. These last couple of weeks, I have no doubt that they'll be able to put points up. I, I I think they'll be able to beat them by by more than a field goal. I have no no worries about it. So Eagles minus three and a half is my second one. Should I already mark it down for your uh, Chargers, or do you want to go back to the drawing board? I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I, I I'm I'm tied with Jack, and I don't want to have two of the same. Fair enough. Man, I can't believe the week that I couldn't. I, I said out loud that I had a tough time deciding what we all have the same ones. We have I have to pick three of these games. So I'm really, <laughs> really struggling here. I'm debating between one, two, three, four games. Yeah, I'm looking at two. I really don't know which one I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm looking at two right now. I'm scared. I'm gonna think out loud a little bit, and I think I've made my decision. I don't like. I can go if you guys want. You can go ahead if you don't mind. Okay. Um, your third one. My other one. My other one. I'm gonna go with uh, Vikings. Vikings. Jack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Uh, think that this line is 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 what it is because I mean 49ers are coming off of two pretty dominant wins the surprising one against the Rams and then last week against the Jaguars I mean who cares of the Jaguars they're not good but uh, I still don't really believe in the 49ers and let's shine some light on my good friend her cousins <laughs> her cousins close close personal friend I saw a meme today and I sent that uh <laughs> Is a picture of Kirk Cousins and says, when you've thrown 21 touchdowns and only two interceptions this season, but literally nobody gives AF because you're Kirk Cousins. 
<laughs> and that's exactly true. He's, I mean, his, he's putting up good numbers. Like his stats are getting up there. I think he's third in passer rating. He's, I think, like seventh in QBR and like passing yards. I think he's up there too, like top five in touchdowns. Like he's creeping up there and Vikings are picking up steam. Uh, they're five and five coming off a good win, uh, an uncharacteristic win against the Packers. Um, give me Kirk and, Kirk and the Minnesota boys. No one really cares about it, to be honest. I know he that is really impressive. He only has he's twenty one to uh, two. It's the best. That's got to be the best TD interception ratio. It is by like four percentage points. Yeah. Um. So it, it's uh he's really having a good year, but again, no one cares. We read off the MVP names, and literally he was nowhere to be found there on those odds. <laughs> so, um, I'll go next. I oh my gosh, I really don't like this one, but I'm gonna go with it anyway. This is the, the least confident I've been for lock of the week so far. This is we've come a long way from the Teddy Bridgewater days. This is it's been a fall from grace. It's been a fall from grace. Um anyway. So this is the one I'm not gonna go with, but I would I'm just I don't know about the injury, to be honest. If Jared Goff was playing, which it's weird to say Jared Goff is the one that's boosting my confidence, but I would be going with the Lions plus two and a half if I knew he was playing for certain. However, I don't know that. And if the alternative is Tim Boyle, <laughs> you can't – I have to – I have to – or sorry, I'm going to do a little bit of a tangent here on Tim Boyle because it just needs to be said. Do you guys know how bad Tim Boyle is? Like, do you really know the full scope of how putrid of a quarterback he is? He, he's not good. Are you aware? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So – you know, you think about it, right? Most guys, if they're a backup quarterback in the NFL or just a quarterback in general in the NFL, you you you, you probably had decent college stats, right? If you're <laughs> if you if you made the NFL, you would imagine probably pretty good in college. That that's a fair assumption to make. <laughs> Tim Boyle wasn't even good in college. In fact, he was awful in college. And you you, you might say to yourself or ask me, Mitchell. Did he go to like Alabama or something like that? Or did he play in the SEC and just had really had really hard competition? That must be the reason why his stats are so bad. No, that's not the case. He went to UConn for three years. Oh, little brother. <laughs> started or played in 25 games in the first three years at UConn. In that span, you may ask, what were his touchdowns and interceptions? One touchdown, 13 interceptions. Oh, wow. Yikes. Completed 44%, 52%, and 51% of his passes. Oh, wow. Then you think, hey, Mitchell, I know he, it didn't work out at UConn for Mr. Boyle. Did he transfer in his senior season to uh, another college, and did he thrive at that college? No, he didn't. He played in 12 games. He transferred to Eastern Kentucky. Mm. Eastern Kentucky, what kind of schools are they playing? Powerhouse. Completed 61% of his passes, only 2,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. Why is this guy starting an NFL game? I have no clue. He has no business doing so. But So just because of that fact, I can't in good faith pick the lines in any scenario. Any Tim Boyle-led team, I just can't do it. <laughs> if Jared Goff was playing, I know Jared Goff gets his fair share of criticism, and rightfully so. He is a world of difference between Tim Boyle. <laughs> He's better than Tim Boyle, for, for sure. <laughs> So, and Tim Boyle played in the Browns game last week. 
Exactly. And, and the Browns only won by three. That's not – that's <laughs> – he was really I mean, bad. That was a no part to Tim Boyle. Do you know what his stat line was last week? <laughs> no, what? 15 for 23, 77 yards, and two interceptions. So oh, he was, he was absolutely he had nothing he to do with the with the the cover of the Lions there. It was all DeAndre Swift with his 136 yards and a touchdown. Regardless, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. I'm not I'm not even picking the Lions. So that was all in, inconsequential. I just wanted to something <laughs> about Tim Boyle. The game I'm picking with, which I don't like, I'm going with the Titans plus six and a half against the Patriots. I really don't have a reason for it. Uh, I know the <laughs> Titans didn't cover last week and the Patriots did. And this season, that zigzag trend of picking teams, I, I said it last week, they fall under that category. Um, so I'm just going to hang my hat that the uh, Titans kind of bounce back after an embarrassing loss at home against the Texans and uh, at least cover the six and a half. So I'm going with the Titans. Oh boy. All right. So if my last one, uh, Jack first took the chargers from me and then decided to also take the Vikings from me. Nice. So in that case, we're going to go with the bills minus six against the saints. Um, Mitchell, thank you for reporting the breaking news about Alvin Kamara. That made me feel a bit more confident in it. Um, we had some, uh, some Trevor Simeon talk uh, in this podcast. I don't think he's very good at football. I don't know if you guys agree or not. I don't think he's very good. Um, Jack, I know you. I, I know you're a big fan of like the bounce back games. Bills yeah. are bouncing back. Saints, you would think would be bouncing back, but the part that people don't talk about is the fact that they aren't very good at football. So I'm going to take the Bills to cover the six there. Little primetime Thanksgiving action. I'll be nice and full on my couch, watching watching the Bills win by more than six. There you go. There you have it. We made it through our first lock of the week with uh, three picks each. I'll cool. recap them real quick. That was intimidating. I didn't like that. Yeah, it, it, we, we were thrown off for a loop there. Um, I went with Bucks minus three, Steelers plus four and a half, and Titans plus six and a half. Jack went with Steelers plus four and a half, Chargers minus two and a half, and Vikings plus three. And Shreff went with Steelers plus four and a half, Eagles minus three and a half, and Bills minus six. So we will all um, get a win or a loss because we all picked the Steelers. So um we'll be in agreement there but we have a lot of other games that we pick so we'll see how we go there Whew. all right i'm all fired up about that tim boyle speech that it just, <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense in my opinion so all right folks thanks for listening to episode 160 of the hogline podcast we all hope you have a great thanksgiving stay safe stay healthy and eat a lot of good food and um be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and follow us on TikTok at Hogline Podcast. I'm thinking I want to uh, clip that Tim Boyle uh, and put it on. <laughs> you uh, should. Uh, I think you're going to have to. So we'll see you there. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and uh, good luck in fantasy with the playoff push here and uh, in all your bets this week. So have a good one, folks. See you. Peace, love, prosperity, and happiness. Here we go.